Hello and welcome to episode 6 of the Glamorgan Cricket Podcast from GlamorganCricket.com. I'm your host Peter Miller. It's been a while since we released an episode so there's been quite a lot that's happened so let's have a brief rundown of that. Also, I had a chat with Dale Stain and Sean Tate and I also caught up with Glamorgan new boy Owen Morgan who's just made his first class debut for the county. So, the first match that took place since our last episode was a championship game against Kent which finished as a draw. In Glamorgan's first innings, the top order struggled and they were rescued by a 160-run partnership between Graham Wagg and Craig Mester. They took them to 351 all-out and a five-wicket haul by Tim van der Huchten gave them a first-innings lead as Kent only managed 282 in their first innings. There was so much rain that there wasn't really any chance of a result and it just meandered to a draw. The highlight in the Glamorgan second innings was a 67 for Manirin Donald and Graham Wagg made yet another 50. There was another championship game that took place while we've been away. Glamorgan played Sussex and that game also finished as a draw. There was a welcome return to run making from Jack Rudolph in the first innings who made 87 and also a maiden first class 50 for Nick Selman. Sussex then batted in their innings and they made a lot of runs. 552 for five declared, hundreds from Ed Joyce and Luke Wells and then Glamorgan batted it out for another draw. The championship hasn't been a particularly happy hunting ground for the county this season. Where successes have come has been in the 2020. And in that regard, they've continued their success. They currently sit second place in the NatWest T20 Blast table. They've won matches against Surrey, Sussex and Middlesex since the last podcast, with the bowlers being particularly impressive. A couple of losses at the back end of a run of five T20 games to Gloucestershire and Hampshire meant that T20 qualification is still up in the air. But... There's three more matches to go and they're very, very well placed to make the knockout stages and hopefully it will be a home quarter final. Then something quite remarkable happened. Anira Donald batting against Derby at Colwyn Bay has scored the joint fastest double ton in the history of first class cricket. He went to 200 off 123 balls, matching the achievement of Ravi Shastri a former Glamorgan player, of course, although that innings was scored by Shastri in India. He went to his 100 with a 6, his 150 with a 6, and his 200 with a 6, as he scored 15 sixes in the innings. It was a truly remarkable effort. At one point, the Derbyshire fielders were all on the boundary. There were nine boundary riders as Aniron tried to smash the ball out the ground to pretty much every ball that he faced. Hopefully, in the next podcast, we'll have a chance to catch up with him about his achievement. But next up, here's Dale Stain chatting to me about his time in Cardiff. Excited to be here with Dale Stain. And obviously, the first question I need to ask you, the pressing one on everyone's lips, is I need to speak to you about your cameo appearance in Blended, the Adam Sandler movie. How was that and how did that come about? So cool. Um, we were chatting about last night. I had dinner at Jock's house last night, myself, Jock and Tim. Um, yeah, really interesting. I was playing in the ICC Champs Trophy here in England. Uh, Rory Stain, who works for Stain uh, Nichols, who does all the like um, bodyguards or whatever it is for the cricketers and everything. Um, a good mate of his, he called me up and he said to me, look, I've got this bloke on the other line that wants to speak to me. And it was Adam Sandler. And um, they were filming a movie in South Africa and they thought it would be very funny to have a South African cricketer play a role in this small part. Um, and I couldn't believe I was chatting to Adam Sandler and uh, he said, would you like to come and, you know, be in a movie? I said, I'd love to. So, yeah, a couple of weeks later, I was on a plane. I flew to Atlanta. 
Uh, I shot my part there. I spent five days with them. Um, got to hang out, had dinner with the crew, met all the people, Shaq, Drew Barrymore, the whole cast. Uh, it was pretty epic, you know. I didn't ever think that um, I'd land a Hollywood role. <laughs> but, yeah, cool. So is Bollywood next? Nah, nah, nah. No, look, it's, it's not my game, I must be honest with you. Acting is not is not my game. But it is part of the, the cricketing world now, you know. We see ourselves on TV all the time. Someone wants you to, you know... Um, you know, be the spokesperson or the ambassador of some kind of brand, whether it be New Balance, who I'm with, or Oakley, or something like that. You you do tend to be in adverts that are on TV or in uh, print. So, yeah, but you never know. You know, if someone calls me up from Bollywood and says we want you in a small thing, and I've got time, I'll I'll gladly do it. I'm looking forward to it. Sorry, I had to ask. Had to ask. So, back to the cricket point of view, how have you found your first experience of the 2020 Blast? Obviously, very different from the way other tournaments are set up. You've had a bit more downtime. Mm. I know you've been enjoying the sights and sounds of Cardiff, I hope. Um, has it been frustrating only getting to play once a week or has it been quite relaxing to kind of spend the rest of your time kicking back and not doing too much? I think a bit of both, you know. I think um, when you're performing well, uh, it can be frustrating because when you're performing well, you want to you want to keep it going, you know. Like if you if you're batting and you and you score 100 today, you, you want to bat tomorrow, you know. You want to score runs again tomorrow. You don't want to have to wait another week to have to play a game. But then on the other hand, I've just come from the IPL where we're traveling literally every day, you know, and we're playing every other day. Um, so to have a lot of downtime and have some free time to sit back, relax, a more chilled environment. Um, play a game on a Friday, play a game on a Wednesday. I actually really enjoy it, you know. Um, it's tough to deal with the critics, though, you know, because one game you, you play badly on a Wednesday night against Essex, for example, and someone says, oh, you're horribly out of form, you you know, you're searching this, that, and that, and then on Friday nights I take three for 20, and it's like, he's back, he's great, you know. How did things change so quickly in 24 hours? So, um, yeah, it can, be, it can be a little frustrating, but to be honest, I've had, I've, I've had such a busy schedule, even though I wasn't playing, that it was nice to have the downtime in between games. So, is it, is it nice then to kind of be someone that's travelling around the world and just experience how different these tournaments are? I mean, you've been at the IPL, going to the CPL next, the, um, the Big Bash now. How... <sighs> Is that kind of is that the way that cricket's going to go? Is that the life that you're expecting to have for the next couple of years, where it's just kind of dropping in and dropping outsides? And how easy is it to just get going in a new setup straight away? It's gotten easier to get going straight away. You know, I mean, we play so often against international teams, um, and then all of a sudden you're in a team with some of these guys. Uh, and the cricket world right now is, is very small and a lot closer than than it was many years ago. You know. Um, uh, so what I mean by that is that you are sharing dressing rooms with players that you idolized and you watched on TV and everything like that. You you do share dressing rooms with these guys all the time. Uh, and I've gotten used to it. You know, I think over the last nine years of playing IPL, that is what I've become really, really used to now. And um, so it's easy for me to walk into a team. It, it takes a couple of days, obviously, to get to know some of the unknown faces and see how the structure of the side works. Um, with being training and travel and all that kind of stuff. Some teams are relaxed, some teams are a little bit more uh, intense. But it's, you just kind of get on with it, you know. Um, the future of cricket, I, I don't know, you know. I, I think at the back end of everyone's careers, let's be honest, that's kind of what happens, you know. They, they start looking for um, 
the I wouldn't say the easy option, but the, the options where they can make money because this is what I, this is my passion. I love playing cricket, but it's also my job. You know, I've got to you know, I've got to make money, and that's why I play this game. Um, otherwise, I'd be working in an office somewhere, hating that. But I like doing what I do. I like playing cricket, and uh, um, you do earn money from it. You know, so you you do tend to chase chase it around and and everything I'd say in the back end but right now for me I've still got a lot of cricket in me a lot of international cricket I feel so this could be something this little taste of what could what could be to come uh, in the future so in terms of international cricket in terms of playing tests I take it you want to keep playing for just as long as your body will hold up for you to be able to do so mm, yeah I, I want to play for as long as I can until I can't play anymore that's why I like playing this game you know um, I don't want to be rested I don't want to be sitting on the sides I mean in 10 years' time, let's be honest, in 10 years' time, I'm going to be sitting on a couch watching other guys play. And that's that's not long from now, you know. So I want to be playing as much as I can be playing right now. There was a time when I felt, oh, maybe I need to relax, I need to rest so I can... But right now, I know the value of what I've got left, you know. So I want to play as much and as many games as I can for, for South Africa because that's at the highest level, obviously. We all want to compete at the highest level. But then on the other hand, I also just want to play cricket, you know. So if it means that I have to come to Glamorgan or I have to go to the Caribbean or I have to play for my domestic team back home um, and earn peanuts, you know, it doesn't matter, you know. I, I just want to be playing cricket, you know. And going to the Caribbean is a massive, massive chore, I'm sure, as you're flying off to Kits and Kits tomorrow morning. <laughs> well, I fly on Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah, I'm flying on Tuesday. Um, yeah, I can't wait, actually. I mean, the Caribbean's my favourite place, to be entirely honest with you. It always has been. I love I love going there. I love the culture. I love the beach life. It's kind of who I am, you know. So um, I'm really looking forward to getting onto the beaches. Very relaxed. But then on the other hand, I've really enjoyed my time Yeah, You know, I've had my own apartment. I've, been, I've got this park, which is, yeah... Uh, I like the free time and the quiet time and stuff. So I've had a great time here too. So, yeah, it's pretty, it's come to an end so quickly. And then the next big, big thing that's going to be coming up is the tour to Australia, obviously, with the day-night test that was happening. I was speaking with Faf about it the other day and kind of about the concerns that maybe some of you guys had in terms of having the day-night test happening. But it seems those have been allayed and it's, it's, it's going to take place. Did you see the one against New Zealand and are you excited about taking part in one? I never really watched the one against New Zealand. We were actually playing a test match at the time um, in India so it was it was quite tough, you know, and um, I wasn't playing out an injury, but like it's quite difficult when you're playing a test match. You don't actually want to be watching other cricket, you know, because it's just cricket all day. You want to get your mind away from the game. So I didn't watch much, um, but the idea of playing a pink ball game at night sounds exciting to me, you know. Um, and I mentioned to somebody that I didn't want to go my whole career without having an opportunity at playing everything that this game has to offer you know i like playing street cricket to 2020 cricket to test matches to day night test matches it doesn't matter you know i want to i want to play it all um there were a couple of concerns about about heading into it you know at international level there's more to it than than just oh a day night test let's go and play you know we could be one all going into the third one playing a test match that we've never played before it has a lot to do with rankings there's no world championship or trophy that comes to to test matches so being ranked number one test team and, and maintaining that spot is really important to us i think dropping down the order to number six we need to find a way of getting ourselves back up there you know and playing a day night test match playing unknown territory unknown waters uh, is is not something that that you exactly want to go into when you're trying to work your way back up you know uh, you want to do what you're comfortable with and what you're capable of but I think, at the end of the day, that's what's gonna what's gonna bring people to the to the game. Um, so they say. I don't know. I, I find test matches are still exciting anyway. Um, so I think we. I wouldn't say we're forced to play, but we but we we game. You know, we want to play. 
Um, and now that we're getting a couple warm-up games to, to go with it, uh, the boys will be more comfortable going into that game if it is one all, um, with the, with the idea that we can actually win that one. You know, from my point of view, I hope it's two 0 up by that stage. To yeah, be I would be <laughs> two. Yeah, I would be two. But you know, playing Australia and Australia, they they're a tough side. Yeah. Very last question. I wanted to speak to you about something from a, a, a technical point of view. How difficult is it as an attacking bowler, you that's looking to bowl an attacking line outside the off stump, looking for edges, to come in and play 2020 cricket when you've got guys that are just looking to launch at you if you're bowling on a length? It's tough, you know. I think at the end of the day, that's my strength, is being able to bowl back of a length, um, top of off stump kind of length. You know, you've got to find that length quickly. Uh, but that's what I do day in and day out. You know, I take a brand new ball, I'll go out there and I'll practice that. And that's my strength, you know. I can always fall back on New Yorker and all that, but I'm always trying to bring the batters to what my strength is. I think batters are trying to do the same thing. You know, they play a lap uh, to a spinner so that a spinner can put in a 45, so that they can play the hard sweep. You know, they're always trying to do that in batting terms, and I'm trying to do the same thing with the, with the ball. Um, but as we watched the other night when we played Kent, yeah, there's nothing wrong with bowling back of a length. You know, the guys couldn't hit the ball. It just popped up, there was caught cover, it was just going over cover, then it was caught mid-on. So it's, uh, depending on conditions, can be really tough. Um, in these conditions, yeah, where the ball stays new for a lot longer and a lot harder, it's definitely the length to bowl, you know. But when you go to a place like India, uh, where the ball gets scuffed up, there's a chance of it reversing. Um, you might have to rely on other skills, a lot more slower balls, um, a lot of Yorkers, uh, bluffing, changing on the field, that kind of thing. But in conditions like this where the ball stays new, stays hard, swings a little bit longer, you can you can stick to the basics a lot longer. Yeah. Uh, there was heat from you. It was quick, again, on, on the, the, the last game. I mean, was it, was it pleased to have it coming out as fast as it was? I don't think I'm not sure I've seen you bowl as quick as that in a while. <laughs> I've been bowling quickly, I won't lie. I mean, I just haven't been on the park, you know. Like, I've been in the nets and I've done I've done all the training, you know, I'm, I'm ready to go. Um... So yes, yeah, so it's coming out nicely. I think uh, confidence is, is key, you know. Like uh, we play against Essex, I bowled quite nicely. It didn't didn't go my way. Then I got three. Then I got two. A little bit of confidence. I was able to run in and just do my thing the other night, and it can't, it paid off, you know. I mean, I could run in tonight and bowl exactly those balls in exactly the same place and go for 70 tonight. That's just the game, you know. But um, I'm confident that I can run in and land the ball where I want to, which is which is quite nice. Next up, Sean Tate had a quick chat with me during a training session for the 2020s. He's in good stead. He's bowling very, very fast, but let's hear what he has to say. Joined here by Sean Tate for a quick chat. Welcome to Glamorgan, Sean, for your second trip here. Is it nice to be back? Yeah, it is. Um, obviously, a few games in. It's been good fun so far, and it's a, it's a good environment, and it's a good club to be involved in. So it must be nice to turn up to a, a team that's winning as often as these guys are. Yeah, it helps for sure. And then the uh, first couple of games we, uh, that I played in, we, we won as well. So, yeah, it's, um, it's obviously a lot easier to turn up to a winning atmosphere. Yeah. So, I mean, you still enjoying your cricket? I mean, you had your late call-up to the Australian side just before the World T20. Um, no ambitions to stop anytime soon? No, well, I've got ambitions to stop. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, um, I mean, if I can still run in and bowl and, and bowl okay, take wickets and bowl with good pace, then I may as well keep playing. Um, the alternative is never going to be as great as playing cricket professionally, so I may as well keep going. And I do enjoy I love playing 2020 cricket. It's, it's, it's brilliant fun. Um, so, you know, I mean, and I had a good season in, in Australia. Um, just The season just gone and played a bit in, in the Pakistan League and bowled pretty well there, and, and I'm... Yeah, you know, I feel like the ball's coming out well here. So 
Until uh, someone decides to stop giving me a contract, then I may as well keep playing. Well, the, it was interesting, wasn't it, with you at the end of last year? Because you're all set to play in that Masters Cricket League, weren't you? And then the yeah. change to the Pakistan yeah. Super League. Yeah, I think that worked out really well. The, the Pakistan Super League was actually really good. It was, it was really well run. Um, had a good time. Um, you know, it'd be nice to go back again. And Dubai is a pretty good place to spend a few weeks. So no complaints there. Um, but yeah, I got called up to Australia, so that changed the the Masters thing, um, even though my selection was short-lived for the Aussies, but um, it was nice to be uh, called up. It was, it was a good time of year, yeah. So how different is... Uh, there's lots of talk here in this country about how the 2020 here isn't up to anything. I mean, there was the, the, lots of comments in the press and from people high up in English cricket that we should be looking to do more of a big bash-type thing. Coming in, I mean, how different is it playing once a week is that a nice thing to do as a player or would you would it be better to have that kind of consistent two three games a week that you're getting at big bash and other tournaments well i don't know but i've played the last i've played three games and we've played three games in the last four days so it's a weird schedule and then after this next game we've got a week off um so it's a strange schedule but um i don't know about the franchise i mean far for me to comment on english cricket to be honest but i I don't know about the franchise thing because obviously counties miss out, but I think they just need to reduce the games. I mean, um, 14 games is probably a little... It's probably four too many. Yeah, If you played 10 games and, and got the crowd involved and, and kept it in a shorter period, it would be better, but I don't do scheduling. I don't get paid to do that. <laughs> Good. That's a very diplomatic answer. <laughs> um, so, uh, looking forward to the end of... From a Glamorgan point of view, you guys thinking... Two more wins, and that should be enough to get you a quarterfinal here in Cardiff? Yeah, or something like that. I, I don't know the, the math. I haven't had a real good look at it, to be honest. I think you just try and win every game. But, yeah, if you're going to talk about specifics, I think a couple more wins, um, and we'll be, we'll be pretty close to getting a home final. So um, I think that's the plan. Yeah. Yep. And then, very briefly, I just kind of want to touch you on some of the exciting Australian youngsters that are coming through the side. I mean, have you been impressed with how well they've done across formats? Obviously, we've seen Mitchell Stark doing brilliantly for Australia in the white ball stuff. Um, uh, are things looking good in that front in terms of quick bowlers for, Glamour, uh, for Australia? Australia is one of those countries that seem to produce, we seem to produce fast bowlers often. Um, you know, big, big guys like Mitchell Stark, six foot five, bowls 150. Um, they're always coming through. Pat Cummins, James Pattinson. I mean, these guys are through now. They're not youngsters anymore. Um, but um, yeah, I'm not sure what, what's coming up behind them, to be honest. There's, um, but I'm sure it's going to be going to be some some good stuff as usual. Um, I know at South Australia there's a couple of promising young quicks running around. So um, yeah, touch wood, we can keep producing these good fast bowls. And then your uh, your plans after Glamorgan? I mean, if Glamorgan make it to finals day, are you going to be available for it? Oh, I'm not sure at the moment. I haven't really spoken about it um, with the club, but um, let's see. Um, my contract's until the end of the end of the month. Um, and I, if you know, if I if I don't take any wickets, they might not want me. They might kick me out the door. So let's see. Um, think about that when the time comes. And um, for now, I've just got to try and bowl well and help this this club um, make it to the finals. Yeah. And then going forward after this uh, this summer, have you got plans for the winter? Is it going to be Big Bash again? Um, I'm going to help out. Do, yeah, Big Bash, yeah. yeah. That's going to be um, the next big thing, I, I think. And whatever falls in between, falls in between. But um, I've got a, a contract with Hobart. So um, I enjoyed it last year with them. And I'm um, hoping to push for a, a finals berth with them. Yeah. Perfect. Thank Thanks, you. Mate. After speaking to Dale Stain and Sean Tate, I got to speak to Owen Morgan, 
who's just 22 and has just made his first-class debut for the county. He's played a couple of first-class matches for Cardiff MCCU, but this is the first time he's been in county action in the championship. He's also playing in Colwyn Bay, and he did all right in his first match, but let's hear him have a chat about his development and turning himself into a professional cricketer. Here's Owen. So, sat here with Owen Morgan, who made his Glamorgan debut this last week in the match against Sussex, and I thought it'd be nice to catch up with him about kind of his journey to being a Glamorgan first-team player. Owen, it's been a while since your first-class debut for Cardiff MCCU back in April 2014. What have you been doing since then? It's a pretty big question to start you off with, isn't it? Yeah, that is uh, quite a big question. Yeah, it's quite a long time ago now, but... Um sort of finished well that was that would have been in my second year of university so since then uh, I obviously graduated from Cardiff University and spent the last winter in Australia in Adelaide to the Darren Lehman Academy and uh, it's taken me to this summer now where I've broken into the first class team at Glamorgan. So uh, Aniron was out there as well wasn't he this winter with you at the Darren Lehman Academy or was he there the winter before? He was there with me yeah he was my roommate actually so yeah it was quite uh uh, yeah, it's quite a good trip with him. So, uh, what I've heard of that place before is it's kind of they're very much. Well, what do you want to do? What do you want to improve on? Is that kind of your experience of being out at the Darren Lehman Academy? Was it a lot more elective rather than prescribed in terms of the training they wanted you to do? Yeah, exactly that. I mean, um, there's quite a big emphasis on getting uh, you get out what you put in. So it's very much up to you what you want to work on. Coaches are very adaptive to that and available at any point to meet your requirements that you want to work on. What's the process that goes through then? I mean, you, obviously you're studying at university and stuff, but in terms of saying, right, okay, you know, what kind of level of commitment, how much time do you need to be spending on getting to the point that you're a first-class cricketer? Um, well, with the university, obviously, as the MCCU scheme, it's quite a good scheme in place. So you're training virtually every day with them, whether it's strength and conditioning or netting. So you're virtually training every day devoting at least one or two hours alongside your studies which works quite nicely gives you a break from either discipline um, and then so forth going into the winter obviously it was a bit more full time with cricket then with the Lehman Academy going virtually five days a week playing on the weekend and since I've come back to the UK now being involved with the second team to start of the year you, you're playing four times a week and then with the club on a Saturday so that takes you five times out of seven a week pretty much playing cricket so you've been you're captain by Dean Koska in the second eleven. When I was speaking to him, he was saying some very nice things about you. Um, how how was it working with an experienced head, someone that bowls in a similar way to you in terms of the how, you know what can you get out of that in terms of experience and knowledge? Oh, it's quite invaluable, you know. I mean, Dean's season campaigner with Glamorgan, over 250 first class games. I mean, he'd be stupid not to listen or take in what he has to offer. Um, it was brilliant to be fair to be able to play with him and also Mark Wallace as well as a wicketkeeper very beneficial to have as a bowler um, with Dean just looking how he goes about his business uh, or even when I'm unsure going for him of a chat helped me along the way and then in terms of the uh, your first class debut for Glamorgan not your first class debut but your first game for them when did you find out you were going to be playing against Sussex um, so it was a Thursday there was a training session um on the Thursday prior to going down to Hove, um, I'd signed the registration forms to be eligible for first-class cricket um, during that week. But then I turned up to train on the Thursday and then um, just did the net session as we normally would. And Crofty called me upstairs and uh, had a chat with him and Jack and uh, told me that I'll be going down the Hove. Exciting? Definitely, yeah. I was uh, chomping the bit to play and it was 
great experience. Yeah. So I mean, it was a, a tricky before a tricky match for Glamorgan. Obviously, there was lots of issues in terms of fielding. I think Crofty was on the pitch for a certain amount of time as a substitute fielder, wasn't he? Yeah, he was on for a couple of hours. Yeah, he was going down like flies, but we managed to get through in the end. Yeah. So, how was it? What's the what's the step up like then in terms of bowling to someone like Ed Joyce from what you've been bowling in the in the second eleven? Was it was it quite striking? Um, yeah, it is quite striking. Obviously, you know they are called season campaigners. You play tend to play on better pitches, so your margin for error is probably less. But at the same time, if you if you don't try and get overawed by the occasion too much and back your own ability, what you've been doing in the second team, then it's almost focusing on your strengths rather than the opposition too much as well. And then in terms of the support that you've had from Jacques and from Crofty, I mean, is that the messages they were trying to tell you? Look, you're here on merit. Just go and carry on doing what you're doing. Exactly that. Yeah, they said you're in my place, so carry on doing what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> this David Harrison joining us briefly for the podcast. So going forward, hopefully. With the way things have gone in the first-class game for Glamorgan this year, you're hoping there's going to be a few forward-day opportunities for you? Yeah, definitely. I'd like to hopefully be involved in more games uh, towards the end of the season now and hopefully cement my place in that team. And very lastly, do you see yourself... I suppose uh, the question that I suppose is asked of lots of cricketers that have developed their skills in this day and age, do you see yourself as somebody who wants to be playing four-day cricket or limited overs cricket or do you just want to play as much cricket as you possibly can? I suppose as a cricketer you want to be playing as much cricket as you can. I mean, four-day cricket is probably the greatest challenge to anyone, as a bowler especially. Um, but obviously I'd like to be involved in all forms of the cricket, you know. 2020 gets the big crowds, I suppose, and uh, it'd be great to be involved in all formats. And the big money. Well, yeah, I'm not sure about that, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Owen. Thank you, mate. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Glamorgan Cricket Podcast. I've been Peter Miller. If there's anything that you particularly want me to ask any of the players or anyone in particular that you want to hear from, please tweet me at the Cricket Geek or tweet the club at Glam Cricket and let us know what you're after and I'll see what I can do. Thanks very much for listening. Speak to you soon. Bye.